Welcome to the Greenhouse Podcast, a podcast dedicated to bringing you real, honest insights about building businesses from people who are doing it too. I'm Jackie, and every week I'm going to be sharing the best bits of our greenhouse speakers, as well as talking to people just like you, small businesses, freelancers, founders, entrepreneurs, about the business ideas that are going to help you flourish. I'm really excited that in this episode, we're going to be hearing from May James. May is a business strategist, and she was one of our speakers at Greenhouse 2021. And she was so good, and our audience loved her so much that she's back for Greenhouse 2022. If you're interested in coming along to a couple of days of workshops, talks, entertainment, networking, to meet like-minded people and learn lots of exciting things that are really going to help your business level up, then you need to be coming along to Greenhouse 2022. You can find all the information about our amazing speakers and book your ticket at greenhouse.je. So let's hear from May. Today, the reason I want to talk to you about planning is... I've got two businesses where I help people plan, and sometimes people think, really? Like, two businesses? Is that, does that make sense? And it really does, because the research shows that the planning stage of your business, no matter where you're at, constantly needs to be updated and constantly changes. And so I'm gonna share with you some statistics because I think it's important, and if you're like me, you like a bit of a statistic. So many people will know 50% of new businesses that are started reach the five-year mark. And 70% of businesses who survive past the five-year mark follow a strategic plan, strategic being the key bit of the plan. It's not just like any old plan. We also know that companies that plan well grow 30% faster. And so that is a key thing you need to look at here of like when you're sometimes thinking, what is the point? The point is for the longer-term growth of your business. But the research also suggests that the quality of the plan matters a lot. And this is where people think like, oh, okay, right. Simpler, less detailed, the better. And that's something that people can't get their heads around. I promise you, if you follow some of these steps I'm gonna give you, you will have a much better plan than if you like try and complicate it with 25 different models and it gets very over the top. Keep it simple to what makes sense to you. I'm gonna to quickly touch on something and I'm sharing a story because I know that it will help you hugely to remember something. Hopefully I'm slightly memorable. 64 days ago, my life turned upside down. My mum suddenly died in the space of hours um, at the age of 52. And she left, obviously me, and I've got two younger um, siblings who were teenagers. And obviously that was unexpected. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> great. What do you do in the space of hours? And one of the things I want to talk to you about is I took a month out of all of the businesses and I still made money and we still serve clients. And I, when I say I took a month out, I didn't do anything. And the only reason that was possible was because I strategically planned the business. I didn't plan for that to happen. Obviously, we don't. But it enabled me to continue our impact and our growth. And actually, we've made you know, a lot of money not working than we do working. And so really... Just sit with that thought when we go through this of like, this is important and it can really help you and your families and your external communities as you go through this. So let's get into it. Before you need to plan, ideally we need to reflect. Now, we don't have all the time in the world because Jackie's going to chuck me off the stage. I know for a fact, she'll be like, come on, go, go, go. So when we think about reflecting, just think about what's happened this year, the last two years, what's going well, what isn't? What is in instinctively, do you know? oh, I don't like that, it's not going well for me. Just have that in your head. 
We're going to do a visualization. Now, it's not a mindset -y thing. I'm not going to like get us all to close our eyes and everything. I just want you to practically think about the vision of your business as a big being. What does that look like for you? So what is that making you feel? How will you know when you're achieving the impact that you're desiring to be? And whether that's your product business, sometimes we can think product businesses, the impact's not there. The impact's huge. And I want you to really understand that. A pair of good shoes can literally change a woman's day. So please don't think that your impact stops and starts with the customer service you bring, because it doesn't. There's some questions on there. Some of those will stick out to you and some of them won't. Feel free to take what you need. Now, these three really kind of stick out for me. How do you want to feel is really important. I help people who have grown these big businesses and they're miserable. They're really unhappy because they don't feel good. And so feeling is really important. And I know when you're starting a business, sometimes it's like the money's everything. And yes, it is to a certain degree, but it's also about feeling. Now, what scares you or feels unrealistic? The bit that scares you and feels unrealistic is a key thing to put in your plan because that will really help you to guide as you go through the year what you're going to challenge yourself with. And the more you challenge yourself, the more you're actually going to grow by the next time you come out to do this. Who do you need to become is a really key thing, whether that's in your leadership, whether that's who you are as a person or as an entrepreneur and the risks you take. It's really key for you to think about who do I need to become. Now, we're going to go through this because I think this is really important. People, I spend all day pretty much planning <laughs> different people's businesses on my own. And we talk about this vision, goals, plan, strategy, strategic plan, and everyone's like, oh, what does that mean? This is my take on it, and this is what we use, and we've used it across businesses across the world of different shapes and sizes, sometimes in multiple languages, which has been interesting to say the least, um, when I only speak one, because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a genius like that. Um, but your vision, I want you to think about the what, and that's what I was just talking to you about, what we just thought about. Think about what the what is. The goals is really important, and people get stuck on this bit, because it's like, does the goal have to be the plan? It's not. The goal is simply, what is the focus point? What is it that you're aiming for? And then we have the plan, which is more so the how. So we want to look at scope. We want to look at the doing, the tasks. Great. Sorry. No, the plan, we're doing peace of mind. Strategy is your doing and the tasks. But your strategic plan, which is, I very rarely talk about strategy and plan separate, because to me, it's like you need to get this together. So when you're looking together, your strategic plan is all of that. All of these things here is the strategic plan, kind of mixed up together in a nice recipe, a nice document, whatever you want to do. It doesn't need to be flashy, but it needs to be something that guides your key decision-making. And key decision-making is something that's really, really key because a lot of us will be coming to make decisions and we're like, what do we fancy doing? What you fancy doing in March might not be what you actually need to do for November. And so when you have a strategic plan, it's like, okay, what did the strategic plan say? We're going to make a decision based on that. That's not to say that you've got to like stick to this forever, and I'm going to go on to that, of like, it's not a death sentence, but it is something for you to think about, and not to just go off the rails and start inventing a new service that doesn't align with who you are as a business. So let's plan. I want you to come up with one word or theme for the year. 
might seem a bit weird. Something that comes in your head, usually it's either the first or the second thing that comes into your head is the one to go with. Some people sit on this for like three hours and then are like, oh, we've ended up back at the same one. So whatever's coming to you now, please write it down. This is your theme and your word for the year. Next up, three goals for 2022. Please be specific. Now, what might those three goals be? You've probably got a list of about 30. Think really clearly on if we only achieve these three goals, is that gonna help me with how I wanna feel, what we wanna do, the impact we wanna make? Just write three. Having 10 is not really gonna help you in a long sense. Yes, have them all listed out, but pick three. Now, how much money do you wanna make? Greg did an amazing session this morning, and this kind of really simplifies it in a sense of just like, two numbers. Greg's stuff's very important, but in order for him to do his job, you've got to actually make some money. And so sometimes we have to look at it really granularly of like, okay, so business revenue, what money needs to come in and we need a figure. So how much money do you want to make? Then we're going to look at personal money. Now, depending on your setup, obviously, and how you pay yourself is going to vary, but essentially how much money do you want to take out personally for you to have? Two figures. The next thing we need to look at is what are you selling? So this is where it gets fun and games, everyone. List out all your products, all your services. I know if you're a product business and you've got a thousand SKUs, you're gonna be like me, we're not doing this right now. That's okay. But please list out what you're selling. What can people buy from you? Like, I think sometimes we forget that people wanna buy stuff from us. And sometimes we just go along making small businesses and we think no one's gonna buy anything. And then someone comes and says, I wanna buy that. And you're like, hallelujah, what are we gonna do? Like nobody has a clue and everyone's like, what, what's the next step? So please list this out. In the next year, what do you wanna launch? Are you launching new services, products, adding a new range? What are you doing? What haven't you currently got that you want to offer? Where are you seeing other people, maybe competitors who are having a competitive advantage and what is that that needs to be for you to then feel like you're staying in the game? And then this bottom one is a key, key one. What needs to go and get rid of? So many businesses hold on to stuff for years. Sometimes I, speak to, I spoke to someone the other day, they've been in business 10 years and um, they're having their biggest year ever. It's great, we've been working together. And there's one thing they sell, and I said, why do you sell this? Do you even like it? So they like, no, it's horrendous. The team hate it. It's really draining. We don't make as much profit, blah, blah, blah. I said, why do we have to have it? And they went, because mm, I think everyone tells us we should. I said, let's get rid of it. And they were like, can we do that? I said, yeah, of course you can. It's your business. And they have, and actually, they feel great about it. And their team and their staff were over the moon. They were like, thank you so much that we don't have to do this service anymore. And it really enlightened them and felt great because they thought, oh, not only is it taking the decision off us, but it's helping the morale of the team. And therefore, your bottom line is going to increase hugely. I could talk about selling all day. I'll not. Your pricing. So Greg's pricing this morning was fantastic in helping us understand the different options. I want you now, with the services you've wrote down, tell me the price of them. I should be able to come to you, I'm not gonna, don't worry, you don't need to stress. I should be able to come to you and say, hey, what do you sell, how much is it? So many of you are like, oh my God, she's asking me how much it is and I don't wanna tell her. Please just tell us how much it is. One of the biggest things that's helped me grow my business hugely is that I'm never afraid to tell someone how much it is. So someone comes to me and says, how can I work with you? 
And I'll say, well, you can have this option for 18 grand, you can have this option for 500 grand, not 500, 500 pounds, don't sell anything for 500 grand yet. Um, and we just tell them the options and we're straight. Sometimes people think the pricing thing, it's like if we don't tell them, they're gonna be more inclined to buy or less inclined to buy. Like, just tell people and tell them with confidence. This is the key bit. Don't like say, well, I think it's 100, but I could do it for 80 and it might be 50. Tell them how much it is. Great, they'll either buy it or they won't. And I can tell you we've tested it. And honestly, transparency is so much better. It helps with your client retention as well. We have a really high client retention in our business. And part of that comes down to how transparent we are and how open we are with just saying, this is the situation, this is what you need, this is what you don't need. How much profit do you make on all your items? This is something you might need to go and spend a bit of time on. Maybe you don't know, but this is important for you to do. And what sells well and is most popular? When we look at popular things, which is harder to find sometimes, but you know, maybe your top three products, maybe it's a service people opt for, we need to think about that. Because why is it? There's a lot of data in there. And if you collect data, which I'd highly suggest you do, I'm not in a weird like gdpr -y type way, which is fine, but just data in the sense of like, not it's sometimes harder or easier to collect. I'm talking about how does it make the team feel? What are the team getting feedback on? What are you feeling when you're sensing it? Keep a log of this. We keep a track of what people say to us when we talk about certain offers, what people say back to us, even the small words they use, whether they say, oh, that's good, or oh my goodness, that's amazing. Those two indicators are very key. Now this is very like in-depth in your business that it's not granular and that's important because if you wanna build a business with love and with impact, and I've been to Jersey literally for like less than 24 hours and I can see there's so much love here and there's so much joy and so much kind of caring for what you all do, you need to like measure that, measure how you feel about things. So, Capacity calculation time. Don't stress, it's not like, I'm not getting you to do crazy sums. This I just want you to think about. What is that business revenue um, figure? Like what is it? Maybe it's 100 grand, maybe it's 30 grand, 500, a mil, whatever it is for you, 10 mil. And I want you to just divide that by 12. Now, don't stress. You're not necessarily maybe gonna make your figure in January. So in reality, we might have to like add a bit on and chunk it into different times. But I need you to have a figure so that you can keep in your head of like, every month, we need to be hitting this in order to be able to do X. Two routes, pick yours, whatever you're doing, if your product, if your service. I'm not gonna go through every bit of each one, but essentially, I want you to know what's your average selling price per order. People forget this all the time. And it's not really an issue. You don't, you don't get a lot of information about one item. You get a lot more information about what people are actually buying as a whole thing. You need to look at what order, what do you need every month to hit that target? So, you know, if you wanna make X amount of money, dividing it by the average um, order value to get your number of orders every month. And then I want you to think about what is it compared to what you're currently doing. So you might have 50 orders a month and you need 250. And that can give you some idea about what is that gonna mean for me in terms of team, in terms of logistics, in terms of supplies, in terms of systems to allow that to happen. And when we look at service, think about what your time commitment is. Can I have a show of hands actually? Who's service and who's product? Service, put your hands up. Ooh, there's a lot of service people. Product, put your hand up. I mean, I know some of you might be a bit of a 
a bit of an everything situation, but okay, cool. So with your services, the time commitment thing's massive. Like I say to people, how much do you work? And they're like, oh, I only bill like 10 hours. Okay, cool. I said, how much do you actually work? Oh, about 60 hours a week. <laughs> like, okay, great. When we are building service-based businesses, you have to understand that the time that you're putting in overall is, is the time you need to be billed for and you need to be paid for. And so when you're looking at how much money does that bring in when you're fully booked, that needs to come down to, does that money equate to how many hours you're putting in? And then what is the most service, what service is the most optimum for time and profit? This is something that's huge. A lot of people will, if you have a variety of services, let's just take beauty industry. Maybe you're a salon owner. I love you, salon owners. I've got a chip nail this morning. I woke up in bed, I thought, I haven't got any luggage, so what is that next to me? It's a bit of my nail. I was like, oh, gel, thanks, great, amazing. If you are that, you know that if you do holistic therapy, or maybe you do massage, you're gonna make a hell of a lot more money than maybe you are doing nails and it takes you bloody ages and someone wants an amazing pattern and it looks fab. Like, there's different things you need to think about of what's most optimum for your time versus profit. So, don't stress, keep it simple. I know there's a lot on here. Don't think, oh my goodness, how am I gonna read this? You need four figures. I want your business revenue goal, which is what we did at the beginning. How much money you need to make overall. We need your personal take-home goal. And then we need your monthly revenue target to aim for, which was the thing we did divided by 12. And then I want you to think about what does that look like in order for that to actually happen? And so I've got an example here, round numbers, put your own numbers in it. But I'm just saying, maybe your revenue goal is 120,000. Maybe you are gonna hope to take home 40,000. So your monthly revenue target is 10,000. And I've done this for round numbers, just for ease for us all to like, I know it's the afternoon, so we're all kind of like, let's keep it around <laughs> tens. Um, if you're a service-based business, maybe you're a social media manager, maybe you've got a package at a thousand pound a month and you're gonna need 10, I'll not stand on the screen, see some pictures being taken. Um, maybe you need 10 client packages, or maybe you're a product-based business and maybe you get 200 orders per month with an average order of 50 pounds per order. I think when you look at it like that, it's so much more achievable for you all to think in your head how much you wanna make. You might never wanna make 120 grand. Maybe you wanna make 30 grand and you are like good to go. That's cool. Just work out what you need to do to get it there because I think sometimes these figures just seem so overwhelming that we're like, oh, this is impossible. It's not impossible, it's totally true. And people come to me and they say, I wanna make X amount of money and we find a way to get them there. Don't see it as like money being this thing that you can't achieve. The money is like, the stuff I've seen in business is fascinating. You can go and make as much money as you wanna make and you're willing to put the work in for. You just have to like energetically be ready for that. And if you're not and you're stuck in making like 10 grand a year, but you actually wanna make 100, there's a big shift you've gotta take. So, back to writing down. What projects do you wanna work on? This is important because sometimes we don't plan this in, so then we realize we don't have the time. Because when I'm looking at your time capacity, if you're telling me you can do 10 hours a week, but maybe you can't, because maybe you wanna work on something. What internal things do you need to work on? Systems, growth, maybe it's documentation, maybe you haven't got anything written down. So one thing I would say to you is, going back to my example, when my mum died, it's like, okay, well, we just go and find this document and it has it written down of, 
how we do this and how we do that and how we do X amount of thing, and someone else can just take the document and run with it. It's quite incredible. I was like, oh, this works. Great, amazing. That's something you need to think about. What internally? It's not all about this external marketing. And then what community or give back activities do you plan to do? A lot of you will be kind of value-led entrepreneurs and impact heavy, and that means something to you. And if that's the case, then think about what do you want to do and what financial impact and time constraints does that mean for you? And then how are you going to be more inclusive and diverse? I could bang on about this, but I'm not going to. I know we've got an amazing session tomorrow um, on diversity inclusion. Um, what I will say on this is if you don't put this in your plan, it's not going to happen. As horrendous as that sounds, it falls to the bottom of the pile for far too many businesses. Because you're a small business does not mean you don't you know, need to think about this. And it's not a need to think. The impact of having a diverse and inclusive business is huge. It massively, and we're going to hear about it tomorrow, so I'm not going to go on too much, but it massively can increase your turnover, your profit, how diverse in terms of your sustainability is for the long term of your business. And so really think about that. And I'm sure tomorrow we'll get some more kind of key points for that to add to your plan. Number five, what new systems do you want to implement or change? I think change is the big one here. So many of us pick a website hosting because it was the cheapest one. Some of you will have an email hosting thing that's more meant for product, but you're a service. Think about it. It's not necessarily new. It's also about changing it. And sometimes that's harder because you're like, oh, is it going to be worth it? But really think about this. And then what investments do you need to make or want to make? People forget to put this in. So then when it happens and you need some support, you need a new website, a logo, a consultant, someone to help you, a HR representative, you're like, oh, we didn't plan for this. Plan in some money, some budget, plan in some time for what that's going to mean for you, both personally and professionally in terms of what the business needs. I absolutely love that session from May, but before I get into the nitty gritty, I just want to talk to you about Real Creative. The Greenhouse podcast is sponsored by Real Creative, who are helping brands stand out with video first, scroll stopping content. I'm so excited to be here in the Real Studio filming the Greenhouse podcast for you today. And they're also going to be supporting us with all of our audio and video content for Greenhouse 2022. So if you want video first, scroll stopping content, please go and check them out at keepitreal.co.uk. So I know that that session from May had a lot of information in it. She really delved into the ins and outs of the different things you need to do to plan successfully in your business. But I also know that planning is one of those really boring things that we don't do <laughs> because it feels dull and we want to get stuck into the exciting stuff about running a business, looking after our clients, developing new products, doing the marketing. We often don't take time to sit down and really create a really, really good plan. Um, but for me, I always find that planning helps get rid of overwhelm, right? Planning helps us stay strategic and really focused on the strategy rather than the tactical things in our business. And it also allows us to stay on the right path, not to veer off in lots of different directions. And in that clip, May talked about how plans help you see that big picture. They help you build a really cohesive strategy. 
So I would really love for you today to spend a bit of time, scroll back and, and watch that clip again and really work through the points that May pointed out. She gave us some very, very clear, actionable things that we need to do to create great plans. But before I wrap up today, I'd like to tell you a little bit about how I plan. May shared the strategic side, but I find that every week I need a plan because if I don't have a plan for what needs to get done, then it's not going to happen. So every single week I sit down, normally on a Sunday evening, sometimes with a glass of wine, um, and I write down absolutely everything. Everything that's in my calendar for the coming week, everything that's in my head, everything I've written down on a post-it note and stuck in the bottom of my handbag, absolutely everything that I need to be thinking about in my once that's written down, I then prioritize those things. So I give them a number. What are the things that have to be done straight away? What are the things that are time sensitive? And if it helps you, you can actually add deadline dates to these actions as well so that you know. Once those priorities are done, I've got my deadline dates. I then get my notebook and I write out a list for everything that has to be done on Monday, according to those priorities, everything that has to be done for Tuesday, all the way through to the end of the week. And anything that doesn't fit gets added to a car park list. Not only is that really helpful because it helps me understand what I've got to do in the week, it also lets me see if I've maybe over-egged it and added too many things into the list. Do I need to maybe reset expectations? Are there things that I may be thinking I'm going to get done? You know, I've allocated an hour for it, but in reality, Jackie, that's probably going to take a whole day. So it helps me prioritize and then I don't end up feeling like I'm chasing my tail all week. And also if something keeps appearing on that car park, so if something's on my car park list every week for ages and ages and ages, either it's not a priority or it just doesn't need to happen. So then I can think about whether that needs to come off the list or maybe be something that I focus on at a later date for the business. So thanks so much for tuning in. I'll be back next week, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like watching your podcast on video, you can tune in on YouTube too. I'd also really love for you to be part of our community. So head over to Greenhouse Jersey on Instagram and get involved. Don't forget as well, if you enjoyed this podcast, to leave us a review. They really, really help us. Um, and it's a really nice way for you to show your support. So thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you soon.